Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 190. Getting up there in the numbers. Um, we have an awesome guest on this, uh, this week. I'm really excited to share it all with y'all. Um, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been really cool because I've been following, um, Ruben's work for a long time unknowingly. I didn't know that he was a part of this group. I've been listening to a, a musical group called Ladytron for a long time. And I've been like creating a lot of work. I've been listening to them since like my college days, really. It's, um, it's a group that I found early on and I just really love the way that their sound came out and just kind of the overall and just the feel that their music gave me. If you know or are familiar with Ladytron, you know exactly what I mean. So it was really cool um, to find Ruben's work um, uh, on a different way though too because I was introduced to his work from uh, G-Monk, Bradley, and Bradley showed me his amazing work, his photography. He has this amazing uh, technique of using technology and drones and capturing light at night um, and painting landscapes in a very ethereal and, and, uh, and otherwise kind of uh, way that you rarely see, um, which is really awesome. So I was really excited when Ruben decided to come on the podcast with us. It's really great. Art, he's just an amazing artist and musician. And in this podcast, we talk a lot about his it's totally a unique approach to photography and taking photos of landscapes and being inspired by you know, we talk about this on often on the show as being inspired by different things. You know, he, he's very inspired by, you know, paintings and illustrations and and, and works of, of films and, and science fiction and, and all that kind of stuff and infusing that into his work. I think, you know, we talk about this often, right, is that there's not necessarily uh, new things like brand new all the time. But the, the great work that we see or experiences often comes from just a culmination of things and a variety of things and pulling inspiration from different things. So, um, that's definitely Ruben's, uh, whole practice, which is really awesome. And you really see it and feel it in his work. Uh, Ruben's sister, you know, he's a vol- very much a multifaceted creative person. And we'll talk a little bit about that in this episode because it's just really cool. I, I, I love meeting other artists that have desire in other types of fields. They don't just dabble in one thing. They do multiple different things. It can be kind of challenging because, you know, when you're doing one part, you're, you're abandoning the, the other part say like when he gets into photography, you know, there's a little bit of gap between that and music. So he has to come back and, you know, but it always comes back. So, but it was, it was just really cool talking about that. And it's, it's cool to, to see um, how other creatives work. You know, that's what this podcast is all about is exposing how we all work and, and, and the things that motivate us and inspire us. So um, this is a really awesome episode. I'm super excited to share it with y'all. Here we go. It's going to be episode 190 with Ruben Wu. Here we go. Um, I found your work through uh, probably a mutual friend, I would imagine, um, Bradley or G-Monk. He showed yeah. me your work and I was like, wow, this is fascinating. I, I really love your approach. And we were just talking earlier um, because I found your art first and then I found out that you were attached to Ladytron, which we'll talk about um, soon as well, which is awesome. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but it was really cool. It's fascinating. I love meeting people who have um, a passion for multiple different levels and different facets of art. Did this, was this something that was always a part of you, like having an interest in different fields of being creative? 
I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was always interested in different things as a child and also as, as I, as I grew up, you know, I, I found myself being drawn into all of these, um, you know, different areas of, 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 um, the creative field, um, and everything from music, uh, to art and then design. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, at, at times it has, you know, you know, I've kind of gone from one to the other or kind of, you know, just concentrated on one and, and neglected the other, but mm-hmm. you know, there's always been a kind of, um, you know, finding myself, um, you know, <laughs> trying to, trying to do all these things and failing to do all those, these things. Um, you know, but I think I'm at a point now where I'm, uh, I definitely feel good about, uh, what I'm, what I'm doing and the different things I'm doing. That you're, you're seeing, you sounds like you're finding your balance. That's really awesome because it does take a long time. Um, cause I naively, we think we could do all these things, but at the end of the day, it's kind of a sad thing, but we can only do so much, you know, <laughs> I hate That's that true. reality. I hate it. I try to bend it every day. Um, my wife knows this perfectly cause I'm always constantly fighting the, the balance of time, <laughs> but, um, yeah. that's, that's really cool though. Let's, <laughs> it's cool that you've, you're, you're finding a place where you can be, um, kind of at harmony with your creative side and that probably took a long time, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely a niche that I found, you know, it's, it's, it, it covers a few bases that I love. Um, but it's also, you know, my own special kind of, um, place, which I'm, uh, I, I feel, you know, that there's harmony and, um, you know, I, I think this, this has only really been happening over the past couple of years. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you know, obviously I, I, sp- I spent a lot of time, um, you know, doing music and that kind of thing. And, and it, but, uh, at that point, I wasn't doing a lot of art. I wasn't doing a lot of visual stuff. Um, so it really was after, after, you know, we took a, a break from the band that I was able to, you know, start focusing on, on, you know, this other, other side, which had previously been untapped for a long time. Hmm. When you came back from like um, touring and making music with Ladytron and stuff, when you came back to, um, photography and, being an artist, uh, did it just kind of overwhelm you and just consume you? And did you just kind of fall into it naturally again? Or was there a bit of a curve coming back to it? And how, how was that kind of transition? It wasn't really, it wasn't really a return. Um, I had been, you know, I, I, I was, I was taking photos, uh, before the band, um, you know, as a just as a kind of you know side hobby to um, doing music and doing art and doing drawing and that kind of thing and design. Um, photography was there as a, as a kind of you know I have this cool camera and let's just take pictures with it. And then um, I uh, it, it really was through the traveling with the band and touring with the band that encouraged me to get deeper into photography you know it was um it was something that I, I was just getting more and more interested in and um you know it, it just developed through um you know kind of being 
being bored on tour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you, you know, you're not really creative with music when you're on tour, you just play the same set, um, in, in, in each city, uh, which is great. But you know, I, I definitely needed something else to do, um, while we were traveling to these really interesting places. So the camera became my tool to, um, document, um, uh, travels and, um, that became, um, more and more, uh, kind of dedicated to, um, to making photography as art, um, and just a lot of experimentation and just, you know, getting really deep into, um, you know, testing cameras and, and, you know, uh, testing film, um, lenses and, and, um, you know, trying out new techniques and that kind of thing. So it, it kind of, it had definitely had a momentum to it. And once the band, um, uh, took its sabbatical, I was able to, um, you know, really dedicate all of my time into it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, traveling and photography are like, they're made together. I think I, f I feel like the best photographs come from just getting out and traveling and capturing that moment and being present in that moment. Um, I think yeah. when I started getting back into photography, I, I really, I love the, 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 the gift that it gives you of just being aware and observant and in the moment, it's like yeah. one of those blessings. It's one of those, uh, like artistic expressions that help you be in, mo in the moment. You know, I feel like more than ever in my entire life, there's so many yeah. distractions and photography is like really help like, uh, bring me back down to just focusing on like the one thing is that, does you feel kind of the same thing? Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, it does, it sounds like a cliche, but it, it does, it does, um, help you, um, uh, you know, be more present and uh, it allows me to, um, just, just, you know, um, take more time and, and take my time. And, and also, especially with, when I started out was started out, I was, I was completely analog and working with these old vintage, uh, machines. And that really slowed me down. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so I, I think, you know, that, that part of it, you know, um, really came from my background in industrial design and my passion for things, um, that, you know, pushing and, and experimenting with these really old cameras, which were just beautiful to, to, to use and doing, um, you know, making pictures with them that weren't possible before. So, um, it was also that which kind of, um, which really, uh, encourage my interest in, in, in it. Yeah. The work that you're doing now, you just couldn't even have conceived of doing it 10 years ago, you know, which is awesome. Sometimes we have to wait for the technology to reach ourselves yeah. as creatives and then allow us to kind of expose that, um, which I find fascinating now. It's like, especially to, with technology in the camera field, it's just, it's like so rapid now. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's like an arms race. It's like the space race. Um, yeah, like the we, are, we are living in the future now. Yeah. It's really great. It's, it's awesome because, um, I think about probably like, yeah, about 10, eight years ago is when I would last time I was really decently into photography and 
yeah, it was just like, it was quite different back then. Um, the, the technology and the cost of things, um, was still a bit high and, and the resolution you can get out of these things wasn't very good. Um, for like, you know, an entry level, um, multi-lens kind of cameras. And now it's just really insane. The stuff that you get, I have an a seven three. It's just a yeah. really great little camera. Yeah. Um, like what it can do and how it can capture things and the low light sensitivity of the sensor and all that stuff is just really awesome. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine being able to capture the photos that I do without this technology. So part of it is definitely going to be the technology. How much do you find is the balance between the technology and the artist's eye? What do you think is the ratio? And do you consider that at all when you're making your work? Um, uh, the technology is there just to enable my eye. Um, it's just to enable a vision. Uh, whenever technology is, is um, apparent in any way or obvious in any way, then, you know, then it becomes more about the technology and about what technology can do. Um, and I think, you know, there is a fine line between that and, uh, using technology in a way which, um, which really just serves the, the final vision and the final picture. Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's a bit like, you know, when Photoshop became, uh, popular, <laughs> everyone, everyone was like, okay, we can make the colors really go like this and make the contrast go like this. And we, we can flip the colors and then, you know, and everything just, uh, a lot of things just look like a huge mess just because we could do simply could do these things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that was all kind of, you know, it was all about technology. So, um, you know, what I really strive to do is, is to, to make sure that there is a, a vision, uh, in place and, um, you know, the, the technology just serves, serves that and, and doesn't eclipse the actual, um, you know, the, the, the whole point of, of what I'm trying to do. The essence. Yeah, no, which is great. And yeah. I feel that in your work, which is awesome because it's very, I can tell that you have a very technological, um, like, like you understand the technological aspect to capture these things and to think about them and to capture them. But at the same time, uh, none of that matters to me at the point of just viewing it, which I think is probably the best, um, like the highest honor you can give to an artist because you just like, yeah, I feel like there's a way to connect with it um, at a higher level rather than going like, hmm, I wonder what f-stop, you know, like, I don't care about that stuff. I just go like, wow, that has such a, yeah. a beautiful tone or a mood. Or um, when I look at your work, for me, as a fellow creative, I look at it and I go, wow, I really need to go out and take more photographs, you know, like it gets me excited. And go like, wow, that's so beautiful. It's so cool that you found that what a gem and it feels so great and that, and it, and it puts me in that place. I think that's like a, for me, that's like, um, it's such a cool thing, you know, like how art can transform you and make you think yeah. about things or help you. Um, I, I just was talking about this on social media the other day about how unique it is, uh, to be a human. I think one of the big differentiating things about us in comparison to other animals on this planet is that we have the ability to make art. And to imagine things, it's like fascinating, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really like, um, if you really think about it, 
um, some of these thoughts really capture me and I just kind of like, I can't believe that this stuff, <laughs> you know, if you really become aware of it, how insane it is, um, how we can just kind of warp reality. How often do you do that? Do you, when you're making your work, do you kind of envision it? Do you think about it prior or do you kind of sketch out your ideas or do you work out the technological aspects prior and do a lot of planning or do you kind of go with a whim or is a bit of mix between those two things? Uh, I think it's definitely a mix. You know, I, I try and do as much planning as possible and, you know, practice, um, just run throughs and, um, just as much testing as I can and as much, um, research on, you know, places and, um, you know, also, also what's been done before, uh, so I could learn from, um, from others. Um, so, but once I'm there, you only really, um, I, I try and allow for serendipity, um, where, you know, I would just experiment all the time. You know, I would just see this, see this as, as just playtime, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's so much, it's so much fun anyway. It is just playing, isn't it? You know, and, and I think that it's playing and uh, experimentation, which which is uh, the key to new uh, ideas, and you're able to to make those connections um, in your mind, um, and uh, and create a new idea, or, or or come up, or just 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 you know come across an, a, a new idea. Yeah. Um, so, I love that though. Yeah, it's really um, cool that you do some that you do research and stuff. How how do you how do you go about doing your research? Do you like um, find things online, or do you read on books, or is it a bit of mix, or you just kind of <laughs> come up with different concepts and ideas as you go and kind of explore different artists? Um, like your Lux project, basically, for example, like um, you mentioned being yeah. inspired by like painters and stuff, you know. Like yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would pour over, um, pictures that I find on the internet and, you know, I, I could, I could just spend hours just, just, um, looking at Casper David Friedrich's paintings. Mm. Uh, they just, you know, um, they're so inspiring to me just, um, as you know, then I think that I'm the, Paintings are more inspiring to me than, than photographs because, um, there's so much less constraint. There's fewer constraints on, on, um, on painting. Um, and also with, you know, 3d rendering and stuff, you know, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm jealous of, of people like you who can, um, who can make stuff and, and not get kind of, you know, questioned about it, you know, is this real? You know, you know, <laughs> people ask uh, me all the time. Photo, still, Photoshop, Photoshop, but, but you, but <laughs> you know, you're allowed, it's like, you're allowed to do that. It's okay. Whereas yeah. with, with photography, people have like ideas and stuff, you know, yeah. it's only good if it's straight out of the camera, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff. Un, it's non, non-edited, you know, <laughs> non-edited straight out of the camera. It's like, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, the camera is a tool. It's, it's not, it's not the final you know, it, it, it doesn't spit out something out, you know, out the other ends. And, and, and that's, and that's art. It's like, no, that's yeah. just the technology kind of just, you know, 
you have to, um, you have to use it as a, you know, as I said, it's, 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 it's a tool rather than, than, than a box. That's exactly it. It's a tool, not a box. And I, I find that there's a lot of weird trends that happen because I frequent different types of art. I used to make music a long time ago too. So, but there's a lot of these weird things that happen with people where they put the art in a box and say like, this is the rules and it has to be this and all that stuff. And for those kind of people, I'm like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, like you can live in that box all you want, but I'm going to go out in the world um, because it is a tool and it's not a means to the end. And when people say like, photography has to be like great photography has to be a photo that comes straight out of the camera and blah, blah, blah. Cool. That's good to you, but not to me, you know, you know, when people put these kind of rules and limitations on it, I look at it almost like they're, they're really fighting evolution. Yeah. They're limiting themselves. Yeah, absolutely. They would just be creating the same thing in a loop. You're like, cool. Like you're making the same work over and over I can't see a difference in 10 years of your work. Good job. You know, like awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is why I don't really, I don't define myself as a photographer. Good. I'm glad because you, you, you said that. And I was really happy to hear that because you just said you're an artist. I have the same conundrum. And I think that's the, that's a, a great thing to have though. Because if you define yourself as like a designer or a photographer, I feel like you box yourself in to a weird label. That's like, attached to meanings that probably don't have anything to do with you, you know, or your creative process. So, but yeah, Yeah. it's a conundrum that I find and I really see it strongly in in the photography and cinema cinematography world. And I kind of just laugh at it. I'm like, whatever, (laughs) you know, it's like live in your world then that's fine. You know, like, but rules are made to be broken. And especially now more than ever, given the fact that, what we're doing is we're consuming pixels, you know, really, how often do you really, do we ever get to see an original piece of artwork or original photograph? It's very rare. Or how often do we get to be in that original spot? We usually just kind of view it online. So it's just pixels really. And who's to say what we can do with those pixels. If you have taste and an idea and originality, then why, why don't, why can't you just do whatever if the, at the end result is, is, is what matters. And, What's who cares? But that's just my approach. I have a different approach. Obviously, it's probably somebody out there yelling ah! <laughs> while they're listening yeah. to this. But whatever. That's what's that's what's beautiful about the art form is we can all have our own kind of take and spin off of it. You know? Yeah. Have you ever found that when you were starting out, or you know, different moments of your career where you you're putting yourself in a creative block or a box? I mean. Um. Uh, um. Hmm. unaware maybe and then later like oh why was i doing it like that and then have epiphanies and stuff because when i look at your photography it's very inventive so it's i think it's quite unique i look at it almost like that's funny that you mentioned about cgi and computer graphics or in computer like um like 3d stuff because you're kind of doing that with nature that's exactly what i do in the 3d program i put a light on a particular spot and it's like it's very painterly you know (laughs) <laughs> that's how you get that 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 approach you you basically art direct the world yeah which is what you're doing with reality which is awesome super fascinating yeah i mean like this goes back to to um painters um you know one of one of um casper david friedrich's quotes was 
uh, he was German. So, so all of his quotes are like really, really clunky and horrible, like translated. But, um, he said, um, words, the effect of, um, the role of an artist or a painter is to take, um, is to see with their inner eye and to, uh, to take that in, in like inner vision and, and bring it to the light so that others can see. Yes. So, and then, so if you don't have that, if you don't have that inner vision, um, then all you're doing is, is, uh, this is a really funny translation. All you're doing is showing a picture, which is like one of those screens, which hides the sick and the dead. <laughs> oh man, he's got some it's strong views. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He was That's a bit, awesome. Yeah, he was a bit of a miserable golf. <laughs> yeah, but he's—I think—he's probably just being real about it with what he feels. You know, again, he's putting rules and systems and his own belief systems, and that comes from, I'm sure, years of just you know deep study and thinking about things. But I definitely um, completely connect with that for sure because I think that there's a, yeah, you know, we're born with this amazing gift this our minds and our minds are so incredibly fascinating and if you can bend and twist reality inside your mind and shift it and then bring forth that that you know that other dimension i think it was like steve jobs would say like about his products that they were making at apple he would say like i want to make the like the the thing you never knew you you, might, you had to have you know I don't, i'm not I'm paraphrasing yeah. messing it up basically but you know, you have to go inside your mind to do that. You have to really think about it. You have to step away from, you know, the distractions around the world of, you know, internet or whatever, and the noise out there. And you have to think inside your head like, hmm, I really love this. I really like that. How do I combine those things and make that happen, you know? And so um, I love that um, some of my favorite artists and my favorite creatives are ones that, because I don't think any, I think originality is very hard to find. But I think that originality comes from cross-pollinating different things. And I think that um, when I see your art, I think of many different influences, um, especially certain projects. I can see it, like your photography. And that's really yeah. cool. I think that's a, that's a gift that you give to the world with your work. you know. And it's like a very rare gift. And it's a very special thing, too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something I really appreciate. So. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody else too. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 um, you know, it's, it's been pretty amazing being able to, to do what I've been doing. You know, I feel pretty, I feel very privileged and very lucky just to be able to do this for a living. It's been, it's insane really. Um, do you manifest do a lot of it though? I mean, it sounds like you probably work pretty hard for it too, right? Uh, I do. Yeah. Um, especially this year and last year has been just been crazy. Um, you know, and a lot of, a lot of commercial work as well, which is, you know, I just see that as an extension of, of my personal work, That's great. um, which is, which is really great. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, do you find yourself exploring your creative realm when it comes to client work or because sometimes the way it works for me is is you do personal work that is your inner eye, basically, or your inner voice yeah. or your whatever, and you yeah. put that out in the world, the world reacts, and then the clients respond to that. 
yeah. when the clients say, Hey, we really like your vision on the world. Can you just put like a, our logo on it <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. and we'll pay you X amount for that. <laughs> yeah. You go, sure. And then you yeah. kind of repeat yourself and then you go, okay, now I need time to go build myself up for something new. And then the cycle continues. Is this cycle similar to, to, to you as well? Cause that's how it works for me. Yeah, that, that is, that seems to be the Holy grail. And that it, it's, it's, you know, it, when you've achieved, when you're achieving that, that's like brilliant. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, being able to, cause every, you know, all, you know it, it all comes down to personal work. Um, you know, if, if you're looking to get more commercial work, um, then, you know, you need to have personal work because that, that's because all of the art directors and creative directors, um, they look for the personal work first. And yeah, if, if you do. have a pardon, yeah, the oh, good ones do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think there's, there's definitely a, a new generation, um, of creatives who, um, who do look for that. And, um, you know, I, I think if, if you have a, you know, if, if, you know, they, that they definitely try and look for your, um, you know, the way you portray, the world and how you make your art and, 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 you know, it all comes, it all comes from that. So, um, and uh, that, that's definitely relevant to me where, you know, people have come to me with, um, with a brief and it's basically, Oh, it's, it's my project. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. can you, can you, but can you do it here? <laughs> yeah, here and then put this big logo on it at the end. And you're, okay, sure. Well, Give me the money. <laughs> Pay me the money. Yeah, it's, most of the time it's been been like, you know, just really allowing me to, you know, uh, to to really own it as well, and and to 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 be and for it to be tasteful and. Um, you know, rather, rather than, you know, a big logo on something, it's been, it's, um, I've been pretty lucky, um, with, with the final outputs of, of, of these, um, of these jobs. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I could see what's cool with your client work too, that I've noticed is that, yeah, it is tasteful and it is within your vein. And it seems like, yeah, um, the, the, the right people are seeking you out and having you kind of do, um, you know, very close relation to your personal work, but <laughs> keeping it still very tasteful, which is great, you know, but I think it's a testament to the, the, the work that you make, um, on your personal time. Yeah. Cause it is the Holy grail, right. To make your own, to be able to do what your inner voice and inner eye or whatever desires, um, as much as possible. I find that in this lifetime that I have, the more time that I can spend here expressing my inner voice, the happier and the better my existence is <laughs> like hands down. If the more I'm not able to, the worse I feel it's like this weird, if it's a video game or something, it's like my life force or something, you know, yeah, is that it's ability like an to express. exercise. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to do, yeah. You have to just like keep it, um, keep it going. Otherwise you just, you know, feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this weird, like you feel constipated mentally or something, you know, it's like you need <laughs> to get that out because it's like all this energy, you know? So at least that's, what, I mean, it's, it's, it's as, as beautiful as I can, 
you know, put it, you know, so it was exquisitely spoken, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's definitely for me, it's like the more time I can get to express myself honestly, um, through my art, because again, to come back to this idea and this notion that art and the, and the design of art and everything is, it's, it is a form of language. It's a very high level, sophisticated form of language. If you really think about it, because if you if you really think about what that is, is that you have an, an, a unique individual voice and that unique individual voice, when exposed properly in its purest form, is given to somebody like a communication. They yep. interpret that communication, let's say photography, and they're interpreting they're interpreting this image and it's giving them something in return. And they are taking it on as the artist at this point and communicating with it back. It's this really high level thing. It's something I don't think people really think about because it's, yeah, it's massive. Yeah. It, it, (laughs) it it takes place across time itself. Yes. Absolutely. So you're having, you're, you're communicating to people in the future. So people in the future are going to be, you know, seeing your work and, um, being inspired by it and creating something of theirs, which is new. Yeah. They're basically, they're just going to be communicating with you, you know, at some levels. There's some communication where it's almost like, um, it's like a shallow communication. It's like you, you ask somebody like, Hey, how are you doing? How's your day? This is the art, right? And then they just respond with a, Hey, how are you doing? How's your day? That's basically a ripoff. <laughs> you know, like when they see what you do and then you, re- they repeat the response with like a, the same thing. You're like, Oh, all right. But then there's the response that you really want, which is another artist giving you uh, like, Hey, my day was really great. I, I saw this thing and I got very inspired by it and it made me do this thing and blah, blah, blah. And then you see their art and you go, wow, like you communicated back to me exactly what I was hoping for. And now I'm inspired. And then the, conversation goes back and forth. I think when you look at art as a conversation, you break it down. I usually try to break art down from between conversation and food. Those are the two things because I think art is still so new to us as a species for us to really, because like we've been consuming food for a very long time. I think art is a thing that is, is, is taking time to really establish. I know that there's like lots of literature and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not very good at exploring that and reading about that. But for me as a species, from my observation is that it's still very new. So the more I can connect it with things that we've been doing for a long time, the more it makes sense. And then when I make art, I go, oh, okay, like this is how the art is made for me. You know, <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just communicating really at the end of the day. So, you know, whether yeah. you're communicating to a client or the client wants you to communicate to their audience <clears throat> or you're communicating to a director or even to yourself. Um, yeah, it's really what uh, it is. I think for me, it's important to um, to also see what came before me, mm. um, and to to be aware of, uh, and just be really, you know, be really interested in things that happened before. Yeah, you know, like for instance, um, you know, the land art movement um, from from the sixties. Uh, you know, that is definitely an influence on, on the work that I'm doing now. I never heard of this. Uh, what is it? Land art. Oh, land art. The, okay. the land. Yeah. Did I just pronounce that? You know, 
in a British accent. <laughs> yeah, my, my American ears are like, what is this? I know you admit. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. There was a, the famous um, photographer that took the photograph of that like spiral thing, right? Or something. Or like there's an installation or something. I remember studying Robert Smithson. Yeah, Robert Smithson. Yeah, he, he, um, he built Spiral Jetty. <clears throat> and, um, you know, he, he was, uh, I think he was more of a, more of a, a land artist and sculptor than, than, than a photographer. Um, yeah. but he did the whole kind of, you know, mirrors in the, in the desert, um, you know, a very long time ago. And, you know, I, I think it's important to kind of be aware of things that have happened before, just so you know that they've been done and, and you, you can kind of be inspired by that and to, um, you know, make something of your own. Yeah, that's great because it is true. I remember a really great, great quote from, a um, from an artist that was basically, he said that, uh, <coughs> everything is kind of done. And, uh, when you really think about it, you got to really, you know, like it's good to not have an ego and it's amazing to really look at the past because there's hundreds of thousands of artists that were not necessarily better than you, but had established how to communicate, you know, most of the time they're better at communicating with their art. And then there, and there's going to be an infinite amount in the future, you know, so it's good to be humbled by it. And it's very important to remember the roots and to study where these things come from. And if you think about it as, as, uh, as a form of communication, you can really break down like, oh, like I'm supposed to really understand how to, to do this one art form because it communicates this thing. And when I look backwards in time, like at a piece of art or a painting, like you said, that you, inspires you, you're, you're basically being communicated by somebody that's no longer here, that's already been where you want to be, and they're just, they're explaining it to you and you have to decipher it. That's one of the things I love about it too, is like, it's almost like a archeologist, you know, like a, just kind of breaking down communications, you know, and trying to figure out, well, what is this artist in the past trying to sell me, you know, or what were they trying to tell themselves in the world around them? And instead of like, yeah. you know, instead of going like, well, what ISO were they? <laughs> All that kind of bullshit. Because <laughs> yeah. that shit didn't matter. A little bit of exactly. Bias. I suppose. But, um, yeah, there's a lot, <coughs> excuse me. There's a lot of interesting things that I notice in regards to trends with technology, especially in the form of the art form of photography is really, it's really weird for me, at least I think, cause I look at it and go like, what the heck? Why are people freaking out about this? Like, <laughs> yeah. they should look at this uh, painter, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like, you know, thinking about ISO and thinking about shutter speeds and, and all of that, that's all a necessary part of making something. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it is in, you know, it's, it's a skill and you, you, you need to, you need to practice that skill until you've mastered that skill. Um, and it's only, only when you've mastered that, when uh, that, that's at the point where you can actually, uh, not think about those things and not think about photography anymore and just think about, um, creating what you have in your head, uh, you know, which is free from all of those technical, um, considerations. I think that's, that's a really important thing. 
Yes. I find that the, 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 the original, like, you know, the beginning steps of understanding camera, the shutter speed and aperture exposure, ISO, if you're using digital, all that stuff. Um, it's, it's like the first few languages, that's the first few words that you would say as a child, you know, like mama, dad, you know, like those are the first <laughs> direct responses that you have to your art form. Yeah. Once yeah. you understand the basic of that, and then it's like, okay, you've understood, you understand how to say a couple of sentences now, how do you put them together? And then when you're able to really make exquisite work, it's like, it's almost like poetry. It's like you're, you're speaking with it. the tool I always felt, I mean, I have a lot of people when I was posting this photo, photography up and they were like, oh, what the ISO and this and that. I'm like, oh man, none of that matters. It does to a sense, but like, to me, it's like, oh, you're missing the point here. But at the same time, it's, I get the relevancy of it, but I, I people always, want to learn. yeah, a hundred percent. I don't blame them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what you're missing is you get, you can learn that from any Joe Schmo on YouTube. Like there's millions yeah, yeah. of videos now with like a bobbly head goofy person, like making a joke of themselves on YouTube. You could watch that all day long. The thing that's really what I always tell people is like, get any camera. You can buy any camera now because the bodies are so affordable and the power you can get from them is amazing and get good glass. That's the most important thing I always think, but then just go out there and fail all the time and use it and fail and use it, fail, use, fail, like shoot thousands of photographs. And then, before you know it, the the camera will just become you. You'll just be able to, boop, bam, bam. You'll be able to capture whatever it is that you want to see. And for me, that's really, that's my approach. But I have a, I have an approach that's unique to me because I'm just trying to capture a moment. And I try not yeah. to, I, I think our approach is probably a lot different. You're very methodical and you go and find a location and set up and do all these things. And it's very, it's got a lot of, you're putting a lot of thought into it. Whereas I'm just going and just blasting away <laughs> what I see and I just kind of feel l- lucky. I'm looking forward to a stage in the work that I do that I'll be more methodical and combine my knowledge of CGI with uh, the idea of like basically doing previs and, and coming up with ideas that I could never do in photography and then have that inspire the photography basically. So CGI inspires the photography in the real world and doing basically capturing something that the computer couldn't capture, but being inspired by the things that would make in the computer. That makes sense. So yeah, cause there's still like a, there's a decent gap between capturing ultimate reality and, and CGI. It's getting closer every day, but there's still, um, there's still, you can't, there's, there's still something about the presence of being actually in a physical space that still has a lot of power. But it's slowly uh, is drifting away. It's something I wanted to ask you about: is where you see the the future of photography? You know, like where where's where's the value of photography, especially now that everybody has you know phones and that have cameras and all that kind of stuff. Where where do you see the future of photography being? (laughs) Um, I think there'll always be nice pictures, you know. Um, but I think that, um, I don't know, you know, in some ways I'm thinking that it's going to be something like VR. Um, but I, I feel like VR is, is, um, it, it is almost like a box in itself, you know, it has, 
it has its own constraints. It has its own technology. Um, and you know, it, I think it speaks to a certain type of photography, uh, the type where you feel like you want to be present in a, in a, in a space. Mm. Um, but I think there's another aspect to, to photography, which will, um, which is going to be different, which is, you know, definitely, uh, less constrained, less constrained by, by, by technology and more to do with, um, you know, what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have no, I have no idea what, what the future of photography is. Yeah. It's, well, um, it's, it's, it's what you want it to be, right? Isn't it? It's like, whatever you see, that's what the future is. You know, I definitely see my work, um, especially with, with the, the drone light work as not being constrained by photography. Um, in the conventional sense, I, I do, you know, the actual experience of me shooting it and capturing um, capturing um, and actually being in, in the place is very different from from what you see, you know, what, what you see in the final image. <laughs> yeah. um, and in many ways, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, th- there is an aspect of it, which is the final piece. Uh, but there's also an aspect of it, which is, um, you know, actually seeing it with your, with your own eyes. And it, it is the most amazing thing, really. It's, it's something which, um, uh, is, is so kind of, it, it's something that you've only, that I've only just, I've only dreamed about, you know, I, I remember, um, talking to a friend when I was at school, when I was 15, talking about, you know, wouldn't it be great if we had like, you know, remote controlled, radio controlled helicopter with a light on it, you know, <laughs> fly, fly around and freak people out. There you go. Um, you had to wait a while. But we sure. had, to, yeah, we had to, we had to wait many, <laughs> many years. Yeah. Decades. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and yeah, and I'm doing that out, doing that right now, freaking people out with a remote controlled helicopter. <laughs> um, I love it. So, awesome. so it's, it's, it's definitely, um, especially when you're doing it out in the desert, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's very ethereal, huh? It's yeah. It's nothing that you've seen before. You know, you, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, you've, you've seen it in, in movies and in many ways that there are, there are influence of those movies in my, in my work. Um, but actually to, to, to see it, you know, happening, uh, is an experience that, I am always trying to think, how am I going to, how am I going to express that to people? I felt like watching your documentary, um, especially with the Lux one, I felt that was a great companion to the photography because I felt like it was like a really great personal journal, you know? Um, yeah. It kind of captured <laughs> the essence of being there because it gave yeah. me a little look into um, just your, your thought process and kind of your approach and stuff, which I, I think is really great. I, I bring up Gregory Crudson every once in a while. I'm on the show. Oh yeah. Is a yeah. fascinating uh, muse of mine. I really love his work. And I found that his film really 
opened up his work to me personally because it allowed me to see the extra narrative because his work would be stunning and it would capture me. But getting to know kind of his thought process and his ideas and his like his voice beyond just the image as well is it's just like a one two punch, you know, like it was just <coughs> highly effective. And I think what's the name? What's the name of the documentary? It's just, I think it's a cleverly put, it's just a, the Gregory Crutzen film. I think <laughs> it's, yeah, Greg, Gregory Crutzen. Is it brief encounters? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Brief encounters. Okay. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You'll love it. Um, cause I'm sure you're familiar with his work and he does a little bit of a, he does quite a bit of volumetric light and some apps like artificial, um, like light that's off camera, almost as if like similar, um, but different to what you do, obviously quite a bit different, but, um, but similar in it's in the sense, which is really great. But, <laughs> um, I think it's also, this is something that I, I asked the audience a bit too about is, um, I've, and I found out that a lot of people that I connect with online are, um, other creatives or artists too, because, um, you know, some, some of us don't care about knowing the magic and some do like how the magic trick was made, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I always feel like no matter what, even if I know how the magic trick was work, like works, it's like, I got to go make my own, <laughs> my own magic, you know? Um, and take the time that it takes to make that, you know, that work what it is, you know, which is its own completely its own thing. But yeah, I, I, I really, I really loved the, the documentary that you, you guys had put together. Cause felt like it was a really great strong companion and I think that when I watch it there's no doubt that the work is what matters most because I not a lot of times too I think the production of putting these things together it takes so much energy that it yeah. becomes like a journey like a vlog kind of thing and there's a lot of those on on YouTube obviously but um yeah I think that your work obviously is what is the key thing. And then everything else comes from that, which is really quite cool too. So, yeah. Yeah. The documentary was, um, a huge challenge. Um, because we were, uh, we were shooting at 17,000 feet. Wow. And, um, you know, there was a, it was kind of logistical hell. That's crazy. Um, you get having to, really high we, we, we had to figure out, um, we had to figure out like, how are we going to get to the ice from the vehicles, how far we can drive. Um, we were trying to figure out, you know, uh, we had a few options and one of the options was, um, you know, hiking for a few days, um, like over, you know, over an ice cap in order to get to a certain place and, and, and like have a, like a, huge production crew, um, cooking us food and that kind of thing. And th that turned out to be like way too complicated to do and way too, you know, strenuous just because of all the, all the equipment that we we're carrying and that kind of thing. Um, but we ended up going to this glacier, which was a lot more accessible, but it was higher, you know, 17,000 feet. So, um, just, just hiking, just, just, just walking, you know, from A to B was just really, really hard. And we had, we had, um, oxygen, um, just to, just to stop us from like fainting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you get sickness uh, up there? Altitude sickness? 
I didn't. I was okay. Oh, you're um, blessed, man. It's the worst. That sucks. Yeah, the 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 director of of the film he he um he was feeling sick and he had to he had to go back to the hotel. But um, yeah, it's it, it kind of just. I was kind of feeling, oh, it might, it might happen to me because I don't do enough exercise. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just strikes anyone. I think it's it's um, it's a random, you thing. know, it, it's it's kind of random. Yeah, yeah. I um, got it recently when I went to a hike, and we only were up at fourteen thousand, but we had done we had trekked from we had hiked up four thousand in a day, and we did seventeen miles of hiking. That sucked. Right. <laughs> I think yeah. it was a good combination. My body was like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> and I felt like total yeah. garbage. But, where, where were you? Uh, this was up at Bishop, Bishop Mountain. It's in California. Oh, oh yeah. In, in I'm not sure how familiar you are. Um, Mammoth's a bit further away. Bishop is like, I don't know how to describe it. It's pretty awesome, though. You go above the tree line, and it's, it's, it's near uh, Whitney, I think, like, it's not one of yeah. the peaks up there because Whitney, I think, is one of the tallest peaks in California. Yeah. But it's pretty high up there um, above the tree line. And uh, yeah, there's there. I mean, we're in the middle of summer and it's still it's warm. It's very warm. and There's still glaciers attached to the to the side of the mountain. So, yeah, it's, it's right. pr- pretty crazy to see that and standing on ice and snow um, in the middle of a very hot summer. It's like, wow. <laughs> pretty crazy nature is insane and it's crazy how fragile we are too you know when you think about it yeah like going out to these different adventures and stuff but yeah but when you were out there exploring and doing this this piece um was the was it just the getting the the equipment and the traveling part the hardest part but was it rewarding and worth it all once you had the shots that you were after uh yeah it was absolutely worth it um would you do it again I definitely oh yeah awesome. i think i'm i'm kind of i'm newly addicted to shooting ice mm, with, cool. with with my drone and i'd love to i'd love to just keep keep on doing it um, the translucency aspect of it or what <laughs> uh just um just uh it just you know, uh, just the sense of place was different to being in the desert. Um, you know, this, the landscape is constantly changing yeah. in flux and it's constantly, you know, being destroyed. And, uh, you know, unfortunately this, this glacier is one of the victims of climate change. So this is kind of, it's the, it's receding, um, rather than kind of, you know, um, building up. So it's, it's, always in a state of loss, which is really sad. Um, so, you know, especially what I was photographing was the, the, the terminus of the glacier. So it was always kind of, you know, pieces of it, chunks of it was, was, you know, falling off. You could actually hear it melting. Um, so I was really kind of, um, uh, it was kind of thrilling just to, um, be there in, in, in this landscape, which is kind of, you know, kind of sad and, um, uh, you know, in danger of, you know, in about in 10 years, it's not going to be there anymore. So I definitely felt like I was, uh, preserving a memory 
um, you know, rather than, uh, you know, which is, uh, I suppose is a bit different from my, my other work in the desert, which is, feels a lot more permanent. Um, yeah. Yeah. The sense of fragility was, was, um, a lot more obvious, uh, shooting ice. That's cool. Again, it's another gift, you know, um, think about if you did, if you didn't, um, take up the hobby of photography or you weren't interested in it, you wouldn't have had this adventure, you know, you wouldn't have saw that, which is crazy. You know, if you really think about it and what a blessing it is to really like go after the things that you're most interested in (laughs) and how important that is, you know? Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating process too. Like it's really cool. And it's cool that the, your approach to it, which I, again, we talked about the painterly kind of like approach to illuminating things when they're not like, because, you know, in our, we're so used to just seeing that one sun, that one, that light source from the sun. When you remove that, you have artificial light, but then artificial light usually is connected to cities or it's connected to like a physical object that displays it. So when you hide all that stuff, it's like, what's the trickery here? You know, like what is happening yeah. here? You use a pretty uh, unique camera. I, I'm not really super aware of like kind of privy to all these like higher end. I know I'm, I'm familiar with the brand Hasselblad. We use a, is it a phase one? Is that what it's called? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't actually, no, I, I don't own the camera, um, but I, I do, I do use it on occasion. Yeah, I would imagine um, they're very expensive. I'd probably rent that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I use them on on commercial shoots, and, and we rent them in for that. Yeah. Um, but I actually shoot. I actually own um, uh, a Fujifilm medium format camera, hmm. and it's a lot. You know, it feels like a it feels like a DSLR. Yeah. Um, but but it has a bigger sensor, and um, which is pretty important for me when, when, uh, when I'm making prints, um, you know, the, uh, the extra size of, of the sensor really allows me to, to, to make prints up to, you know, um, 60 or 70 inches wide, which is, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. That really. is insane. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. coming from a digital able, sensor. Yeah. Being able to just, to, just to, you know, look so closely, at the print and not see any pixels. Yeah. It's um, amazing. I do. How do you like that transformation coming from a screen and then going out to a print? How do you like that seeing your work in the actual physical world? Uh, it feels like the, the you know, <laughs> the, 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 the final, you know, um, there's definitely a finality to, to uh, the photograph when, when you print it. Um, you know, when, when you see it on screen, it's just like, you know, it's beautiful, but it is all just backlit and on a, on a small screen. And, um, there's nothing like just seeing it, um, you know, printed on a piece of paper and, um, you know, see, seeing it large or even seeing it in a book. And, uh, because then you're able to, to sequence it and, um, you know, tell, tell us, you know, uh, tell a story with your images as well. So, um, there's the physicalness of, uh, of, of a print in the book is, I, I see that as, um, you know, the final product of, of what I'm trying to do. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that you have like a book coming out or it came out already and it's like sold out. That's awesome. For the Lux yeah, project came, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It came out and um, you know, it was out for pre order for a few months. And um I was out in, in New York recently just to launch it. Mm. And um and yeah, since since then it's been it's been acquired by the Guggenheim Museum. Wow. Congratulations. Museum. Thank you. Good for you. It's, it's pretty amazing. I was like, you know, is that something that you were after or like a, an aspiration of yours? No, that's great. <laughs> I just wanted, I just wanted to make a book that didn't suck. <laughs> that, that I didn't, that I didn't that's the best place to end. start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, I, I had very low expectations. I, I just wanted it, you know, I wanted to be able to look at it and not cringe. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's a good testament then. And that's really great though. And congratulations because uh, that's, I think that's the best approach too. If you don't have like high expectations and you just make the thing that you want to be. So it's like, yeah, so it doesn't suck. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then you get these like awesome, you know, Oh, great. It's like, has its own, uh, you know, it takes on a life of its own and becomes its own thing. Again, as, as I explained, like, my thinking is that you make your art is your voice and then you put it out there and then it, it gets interpreted and how it gets reinterpreted and in, in the feedback and when and who gets to see it and how they see it. Um, it really defines some people are really amazing at it um, and manipulating that, you know, interaction. Um, and those people are obviously very successful in their realm of communicating their art. And sometimes there's a lot of people that aren't, you know, <coughs> What is it that makes yeah. a great artist to you? Do you think what it, what makes an artist the like stand out from the rest? Um, for me, I think it's you know um, seeing something which is new, um, seeing something which is new, uh, and you know more often than not using using a technology in a, you know, in, in different ways and kind of in, in novel, novel ways, but at the same time being able to produce something which transcends the technology and transcends the method by which you're doing it. Hmm. That is some, that that's something that I definitely key into. That is what I like to see. Yeah. Um, no, I also like um, you know, being being able to, to. It's it's like it's like writing a song or producing a song. You know, there is a lot of meaning in it that is very Im implicit, and it's like an untold story. You know, or or a, or a you know, or a, like an un, like a line, a single line from a poem or something, which is you know, it has meaning to it, but it's part of a, a larger. Um, a larger story. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's like a component of something else, but it's, it's own thing as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's hard to put, it's like, it's hard to put <clears throat> into one sentence, right? Cause there's so many things, there's so many aspects, but yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, awesome. What do you like? What what kind of music do you listen to now? Like, what are you into right now currently? 
more fascinated um, about what musicians listen to, <laughs> especially given the kind of music that you make. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to a lot of Ladytron right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool though. Like you enjoy your own music. Like you will just put it on or no. I, I'm only just, I'm, I'm listening to, to our own music just because I'm, I'm trying to rehearse. Um, I'm trying to practice because we have shows coming up, okay. getting ready. And, um, I, I need the anxiety dreams to stop. Um, what do you I'm mean by that? Like you just get kind of worried uh, about messing up or something on stage? Yeah. I always, I, I, yeah. When I, when I get those, that's my, my mind telling me you better stop practicing. It's time for you to stop <laughs> practicing <for> these shows. <laughs> that's good, and the only though. way I can stop those dreams is to just like, you know, uh, get going on that. So yeah, I've, I've been listening, you know, to a lot of our old stuff as well. And, and it's kind of like crazy how, how much your, your, your body remembers how to play these things. Yeah. You know, it's like seven years ago. I was like, Oh, I can play this just like without thinking, thinking about it. And it's like muscle memory. Memory. Yeah. Does, does it, when you make, when you play, um, say like a certain track or something, does it take you right back to the a memory at that moment of making it or of playing it or like a, a fond memory or something from, you know, what inspired you to, to put those like keys together? Uh, no, not really, because that was only one, that was only one moment, sure. uh, right at the very beginning. And, and, you know, um, I, I suppose when, when I play it, it's, it reminds me more about, you know, being on stage and, uh, all of those shows, combined really. Um, and it's quite, um, you know, it kind of gives you a shot of adrenaline, which is, which is nice sometimes. Yeah. I love playing live. Um, um, I, what do you play? I used to play bass. Yeah. And I played it for like eight years. I loved it. And I also really got into like, I think with the same, my same approach to music, same as, as art, it's like, Oh, just sit down and play a piano. Who cares? Like play, I'd make all kinds of music all the time and didn't care. It's just, it's just fun because it's just, it's another way to express yourself. Another form. I, I'm pretty, pretty sure I saw you guys, um, open or play with uh, school of seven bells. This, I don't know if the show reminds, I have bad memory, but I don't know if you guys ever played the Casbah in San Diego. I think I remember, we did. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I saw you guys. It was awesome. It was a really great show, but I remember School of Seven Bells. They were so loud; it was like crazy loud, like the loudest show I've ever been. <laughs> so really? I, I like had to walk out of it. It was so loud at the Casbah. Wow. I was like, "Wow!" Usually, I uh, usually I can handle it, but it was so loud; it was too much. <laughs> Do you, yeah. you wear like earplugs? <laughs> I, I know, and I should though. I've been to so many concerts, um, and I love music, and I'm I'm like my hearing isn't the best because also playing live music too just like rattles your head <laughs> and we would play like like very like kind of heavy metal rock music so um it's not like the this the quietest kind of sound so <laughs> but um yeah no, it's a uh, i want to thank you guys too because uh i've been listening to ladytron for a long time and i've made a lot of my work listening to ladytron i was like brushing up and listening to some of your work, um, through the week is knowing that we had this episode. 
coming up and I was just like, wow, man, like I haven't listened to this in forever. It's so cool. Like, <laughs> like there's moments like, cause I get in these weird pockets of time where I just kind of like, Oh, I'm only listening to classical music or only like, I'm just listening to like, like hip hop music or something. And then, um, I'll forget about things. And then I come back to them. Like I'll take sabbaticals from like Bjork or like Radiohead. But when I come back to them, I'm like, wow, like this is so amazing. And yeah, I was like listening to like blue jeans and stuff last night and like all these tracks that yeah. I haven't listened to in a long time. And it's like, wow, taking me back to a lot of memories. Um, just like, yeah, it's funny how, it's funny how that, how music brings memories back. Yeah. It, they're like, they're like a connected force, which is awesome. Yeah. I love that yeah. part of, of music and what it does to you and kind of, I don't know how it transforms your mind, takes you to yeah. that moment. And that just goes to show like how little we do know about um, the art form and how it's kind of just like an expression at this moment. But I'm ex- excited to see later on, like once we decipher kind of our neural pathways and transferring how memories are work and how memories are created, kind of how music has an influence on us and how it connects the neurons to certain parts of our brains. You know, <clears throat> it's pretty crazy if you think about it and what a memory does and and how music can like you could be you know in a completely different scenario than a music song comes on it reminds you of something you're like wow it like it literally transforms you back to that moment and music is one of those music and like sound a smell i guess you know a smell of something yeah take you to a place but music is really (laughs) kind of just it reminds me of the place i was creatively when i was last listening to it and i was like wow it's cool like listen to yeah And I feel like that doesn't happen as much these days because you're not listening to just, you know, this, your favorite album yeah, over yeah. and over again. Because that's what, that's what we used to do. We used we to grew listen up on to that. our favorite albums. Yeah. yeah. So that, that is just, that's so strong in your mind when, yeah. when you, when you re-listen to that. I think now um, you're kind of listening to so many different things yeah. that, it's it's not as potent anymore there is a massive overconsumption that's for sure yeah and when you have streaming options and you can access if you have like itunes music or whatever apple music and then you have spotify you you could never listen to all the music that they provide to you even if you sat there and listened to it all all day long 24 hours a day there's no way you could listen to it all so it's yeah, like and, really and, crazy. And, yeah. And you don't even look at who did the music anymore. Sometimes it just, just, it yeah. just, just flows over you. <laughs> I try, I try my best because, um, you know, I think it's important to, to, to really note the things that move you. But yeah, for the most part, if I'm, if, if and I'm very particular, like <laughs> my poor wife and daughter, they like, I don't, I'm super like, harsh about music in the car or something like no no i'm not listening to that no way man <laughs> like i have to have a like i'm i'm always um controlling the radio in the car because <laughs> right, music right. music really i'm so sensitive to it like it either it it either like really i sync with it or it, it's i hate it <laughs> i don't yeah, know if you're, you're the same yeah uh, <laughs> yeah. uh i first I remember when I was a, uh, a kid, I was, I was kind of consumed by, by listen by, by music. I was just hearing, you know, I, you know, I'd, I'd hear a, 
I'd hear a busker on the, st- on the street and I, I'd like find myself walking in time with the music. And like, I can't like trying not to walk in time with, <laughs> with this busker's music. And, um, I couldn't because I was really, really sensitive to, uh, to rhythm, uh, and, and that kind of thing. And that kind of bothered me for a really long time, um, until I realized that, you know, that was just the way I am. <laughs> That's awesome. I have the same thing. Cause yeah, it's like, I have the same thing also with like, there's a conversation and it's quiet, but in the background, my brain, oh, yeah. like, I'm constantly yeah. like, Whoa, what is it? Like, it's just, I'm like, damn it. I'm like, so I, when I work and I do like my deep intensive, like work and thinking and study, I have to have like complete silence. That's why I work through the night. I usually work until like four in the morning or so because it's like the world's quiet or like I just have headphones on blasting music too. But sometimes I really enjoy the complete solitude of no distractions, even sound influencing my mind <clears throat> because it can really influence everything that you're doing because of how yeah. sensitive we are to it. But it's really cool that you took that and then turn turn that into music though and like found that there's a way to take that kind of compulsive consumption, I guess, to and turning into your own music. Is there a moment in your life that you can recall where when you were sitting there and you connected with an instrument and something happened to you, did it transform you? Can you recall anything like that? Um, Making a track or whatever. Or a melody or harmony or something. uh, (laughs) Or is it all kind of connected and you're just like, it's just like this experience. I think it was DJing actually. I think that was my first uh, realization um, that, you know, there was more to music than just playing an instrument. Um, And there was more to music than just getting good playing the violin or something. And I I played the violin from from the age of five until I was 18. Wow. And, um, you stopped, you, you stopped playing it or I stopped it as soon as I turned 18 because I could, because I didn't really like it. Um, <laughs> so it was something your parents had you do, huh? Yeah. And I was okay at it, but it was just, I just didn't really like the sound of it. I, I much, I preferred the cello and my, my mm. sister played the cello and um, that, was beautiful. that was a really nice sound. And I think I preferred to, to, to play the, the, the piano as well. Um, but I ended up playing the violin and, um, what it did teach me was, um, you know, how to, you know, how to think about making music, um, and allowing me to kind of think about structure and, and keys and, and things being in tune and, and, and that kind of thing. But, um, it really was, um, learning how to DJ and to beat mix, um, uh, and just thinking about thinking about different genres and, and um, you know it, it, it's, it, it wasn't about you know a certain type of music it was it's about it was about whatever whatever moved me and I think I, I kept that kind of that um, uh, that kind of eclecticism um, right right through to where I am now where I'm you know being interested in all of these different things that, that speak to me, um, rather than just being into one thing, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Not being, not being boxed in or anything. Um, 
I think that's also like what, what's cool about your work as well is that it, it just, it's, it, it kind of, it's, it, to me, it, it looks exactly like photography, but it's, it was, it was, um, made in 3d. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's that kind of, um, you know, it looks so real, but there's, there's something, there's a slight kind of thing that is not real about it, but I'm not saying that it's kind of like, you know, uh, are you still there? Yeah. Here. Okay. I just hear the funny noise. Um, <laughs> there's a kind of slight jarring unfamiliarity about it, yeah. which sets everything off, which, um, which I love. And I've kind of, I've kind of gone off on a tangent, haven't I? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> and, and thank you for your kind words. But no, I mean, that's kind of how it's, that's another thing. It's like with artists ourselves, it was like it's so easy for us to go on tangents because that's the way our brains are wired. We're not, we're logic based, but we, the way we work and think and communicate is very, tangent based too, you know, same with like making music. I don't know about your approach, but the way I would make music, I was, I would be inspired by a melody that would be floating through my head. Sometimes I would hum it out and play it. And then I would add all the stuff. It's almost like making a, a sandwich or something, you know, it's like, Oh, you get the bread and then you get, um, sometimes I'll put this kind of meat on it. Maybe not. Maybe put that cheese on there, you know, and before you know, it, it's like, Oh, this is a badass sandwich, you know? And you're just happy. <laughs> it was, that's how music yeah. making was for me. It was like a, an experience of just enjoying uh, another art form. Is this, do you have a similar process? Like when you sit down to make music, do you think about all those pressures or you just go like, man, I have this melody or I was listening to this track the other day. I really like this or this kind of uh, synth or this keyboard giving me this kind of vibe or this feel and I got to get it out. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, you can start off with something which is tangible, which is something that you really like. And it's like, Oh, this sounds really cool. Let's like play with that. Yeah. And that, that inspires, you know, further creativity, um, to a point where it just becomes your own thing. Now. You know, um, it just developed to a point where, there is not that much similarity with, you know, what was there before and, and it's become unique and original. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's true with, um, just making art in general, you're taking, um, you know, uh, being inspired by something and, um, it becomes something completely new in, you know, in, in you know, just through your own experiences and, and, um, uh, creativity and, and working with things, um, you know, and then com combining different things that you're into, um, you know, it, it, you know, you make those connections and create, create something original. Yeah. And I love that combination. I really think that's where the, a lot of the, like, um, the best things come from is just that combination of things. So it's like the hybrid and the fusion of things. And you see it again, like bring up food. Like you see it a lot with food. Now there's a Renaissance era of food because of this, like be, being able to get like, you know, fresh Thai like uh, ingredients and, and, and get them somewhat quickly to a, a place that was unavailable, you know, to that certain type of people, you know, like in, in the dispersion of food and how many different types of food are, there are. And the, the fusion of different types of food, you take like a, a Mexican chef, 
and a Thai chef together and you make this like really beautiful, amazing fusion of food and stuff. And I, I love that. And the same with music too. Like you, I really love when people cross over it. Sometimes it's really difficult to do because we expect a certain sound when we consider like, Oh, rock music or whatever. Um, but then when you fuse those over across them over, you get these really like justice, for example, like justice brought, um, or like that, that, that Skrillex guy, for example, like I always looked at his music as hardcore music covered by electronic music, you know, cause the whole dubstep thing and, and that all evolution was, was almost like the same, um, same notes and feel that I would hear in like heavy metal or hardcore music, but it was in the form of electronic and EDM, which is really interesting. And it created this unique kind of fuse. But I also think it's because the Skrillex guy was, I think he was originally like an emo kind of band or something like that. I think I remember something like that, which is quite fascinating too. And then he was like, he was tired of that, that whole scene. So he went off and made his own music, which then, became that whole, the whole kind of an evolution, I guess, or a revolution of music, I guess. So, yeah, I think that goes back to, to you know, not boxing yourself in yeah. to your discipline, you know? So if you're into phot- photography, um, you know, but you also have a background in painting or something, you know, then that's, that's new. That's like, what if I did that? But if, you know, if I painted it, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I'm, I think you can get some really, um, you know, fresh ideas from, uh, having interests in, in other areas, uh, and being able to think out of the, out of the box. And, um, you know, uh, let's say you work in, in analog photography, but you also know a lot about digital processing techniques, um, you know, combining those together and, and creating something which is a hybrid of, of analog and digital. Um, you can create something new because unique. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was doing a bit of research on you and I was reading your Wikipedia and I saw that you worked with Christina Aguilera. That's pretty crazy. You like yeah. you guys made some, some songs together. That must've been interesting. She's a quite a powerhouse, huh? I'd only know her because my wife is, is a, is a fan of her work and, she watches those shows. I think it's like the singing show where they do the voting thing. They hit the button. The voice, they, right? The voice, that's yeah. it, yeah. And they, they turn around the seat and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't watch that stuff that much, but my wife has it on every once in a while, and I'll sit down with her. And But she was on there, too. She seems like a, quite a powerhouse. That must have been an interesting process working with her. Yeah, it was. Uh, this was back in 2007. Okay. And... Um, uh, and she, she was bionic um, album. It's, 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 bionic. Yeah. <laughs> and she was really, she was really into, into our music and she she just wanted us to, you know, she, she wanted to, to, um, you know, just to be part of what we were doing. That's okay. So, um, you know, so yeah, we, we sent her, we sent her a bunch of demos and, um, you know, she liked a few of them and we started working on a few of them and, um, Danny and I went over to, to, uh, her house in, um, in Los Angeles and, uh, she actually, she lives or, or lived in, um, Ozzy Osbourne's old house where oh, they wow. filmed the Osbournes. So <laughs> that's a trip. I remember yeah, that show. So, so the doorknobs all had 
like upside down crosses on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Aussie's legacy. <laughs> That's um, funny. Yeah, it was kind of it was a very surreal experience, you know, working working with Christina. Um, obviously, you know, amazing, amazing performer, amazing singer. Yeah, she's um, really and, and talented have, and super hard worker, huh? Yeah, and having her sing on you know over our our songs that was just the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Is, is this me? Is this really me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must have been a, quite a surreal experience for you. But it seems like you have a pretty level head, so it probably had like a cool effect on you. But it wasn't like, you know, after that you're like, okay, we're gonna be like super, you know, we're gonna go off and do like, you know, these huge stadium shows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of show? Like when you go off and play music, do you enjoy the massive audience kind of shows or the, the music festivals, or do you enjoy like the Casbah, like very intimate smaller, um, kind of shows? Uh, we like playing, well, I, I like personally, I like playing, um, bigger shows in cities where we haven't, um, uh, where we haven't really released records and, and seeing, um, the audience sing along to, to our songs. Um, it's pretty amazing. And you know, this, this is when there was no kind of real, um, you know, listening on the internet streaming or anything like that. So we, we would be playing, um, in Mexico city or Sao Paulo, um, at, or, you know, uh, Moscow or something like that. And, and, you know, we'd have fans there and they'd know all the, stuff, the words to our songs and they'd, hmm. they'd be going crazy. And, awesome. uh, it's, it's just so much kind of, uh, it's just staggering, you know, um, uh, the experience of playing to, to a crowd like that. It's, it's pretty amazing. Super surreal, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I can imagine there's probably like no drug that can really kind of capture what that feeling must be like too. just having that energy yeah. that exchange with that many people interfacing back and forth with you is probably really amazing. You mentioned something earlier, which your kind of thoughts on VR and stuff. Um, cause I'm quite fascinated by it too, but there are a lot of limitations, mainly the physical aspect of what it is. Um, and I think that's VR is definitely like a, one of those words that's thrown around quite a bit, um, without like a lot of thinking about what it is exactly. Um, and what it does to us. Um, but at the same time it, it is, I would say AR and VR or MR mixed reality is probably a bit of a, of the future, how we're going to consume things. Is this a pl yeah. place that you're considering possibly entering? Cause there's a couple of things and we'll probably talk about it maybe eventually. Um, cause it would be really great to uh, collaborate with you in some, some kind of capacity, but, um, yeah, yeah I have a couple of really interesting ideas to really elevate the, the experience of being, the moment at those moments and those times that you're capturing, but is there something about the VR or capturing, um, those moments in a, an exchange to give to people in like a VR kind of thing, rather than a, a flat two dimensional image, um, more or less like a lived in space or an experience. Is that something that you're looking forward to and considering for the future of your, like your work? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something I'm always, thinking about and you know I, I do see it as um uh an attempt to share 
um, my vision. Um, and, um, you know, to, it, it's like a, you know, uh, like a, like a 3d kind of immersive version of my Lux Noctis project. Yeah. Um, and one, you know, one of the things that I'm, um, interested in is, is also to show, um, or not, to, or not to show the, the passage of time and to be able to compress those, uh, as you would in a time-lapse, um, so to create uh, an environment which is kind of free from all that. Um, so you, you would be sensitive to the movement of the stars above you or, or um, you know, you'd see clouds moving, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a more tangible way. Um, and, you know, um, just trying to express um, I think the scale of time and you know where where we are uh, in that you know in, in you know, on a planetary scale on a geological state scale yeah. have you seen Terence Malick's Voyage of Time have you seen that film uh, what is that so you're obviously you're familiar with Terence Malick's work right the director yeah so he did a um, this Is thing. Is it a VR thing? No, it's not actually, but it's a. <laughs> it was an IMAX film. I was super lucky enough to see it. Um, and actually, in an IMAX, it was insane. It was amazing. There's two versions of the film. I mean, there's one that's like publicly released, but it really sucks because it's like only released in certain parts of the world, and it's really hard to get a hold of. Um, I don't know why they did that. It really, it's a bummer when art isn't able to get out to the people. Um, but there's, there's an IMAX version and there's a distributed version, but the IMAX version has Brad Pitt narrating it. It's kind of like, have you seen tree of life? Have you seen that film? No. Yeah. It's a really, uh, I don't know. You should check that one out. I think you'd enjoy it. There's some really powerful things in that film. I don't know what kind of movies you like, but, um, that one has a, it took me a while to, to watch it until I was in the right frame of mind. But when I watched it, it really hit me really strongly. Um, I think that's Terrence's work though. Um, <laughs> it's a testament to his work, but yeah, there's this really, you should check it out. It's called voyage of time. Um, it's really beautiful and it's just kind of as it's as if you're watching like a really high end, um, like planet earth, David, Koyana Scotsy type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Koyana Scotsy and like, um, and Baraka and stuff. Those are all, the power of those is they're non-narrative in a sense of non-narrative. What I mean is like, there's no voice telling you what you're looking at. So, which is mm -hmm. great. There is a voice with the Terrence Malick one, but it's like, it comes in and out and it's kind of poetic, which is kind of interesting too. But either way, it's like, I, I love that kind of stuff too, because it's just, um, like I love Baraka and Sam Sarah for that same reason. And, um, but yeah, I, I think you, maybe you would enjoy it. Are you, um, you mentioned being influenced by films and, and stuff and how that influences your work as well. Um, does that still true? And have you seen anything recently that's inspired you? Um, nothing really <laughs> recently. I, I think, I think it's all mainly old films. Yeah. I have the same thing. Yeah. So you they're, know, they're the weird, there's a weird thing with the movie industry now. So. 
Yeah, I'm finding it more and more difficult to actually sit down and watch new new stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, films like Koyanis Gatsi and 2001, and I just uh, saw it in the theater. My wife got us tickets to see it. I've never seen it in the theater. It was awesome. So cool. Yeah. I've never it's seen incredible. it on the big screen. It was, yeah, I was just really blown away by it because um, I've seen it many times on like my computer or, or on my iPad and when I'm laying sleeping or something. But to hear it, I think, was probably the, the key thing. It was very loud. It was really great. And yeah. it was just awesome. Yeah. But sorry, you were saying Keanu Scotzi in 2001 and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tarkovsky's films um stalker yeah uh is incredible um it really is crazy yeah um jodorowsky's films insanely good very unique films yeah very unique films yeah i actually love dune i i i, I, I love that dune? film it's uh, Lynch's Dune, yeah. <laughs> you know, I really, this is funny you bring this up because I was just talking about this the other day. I really, I'm thinking about if I can get some time, maybe if people are listening to this and they hear this one and be a part of it. I was thinking about the biggest problem I have with Dune is that it's lit like Willy Wonka and it drives me fucking <laughs> shit crazy. <laughs> Where the, man, turn off those lights, dude. Like the sets are fucking insane. They're so beautiful. So, I was, I was thinking about possibly making a bunch of the sets, like just re-envisioning a couple of the sets and just going, okay, this is how I would do it. You know, like just basically Ridley Scott the shit out of that film, you know? So Amazing. That would be a yeah, um, yeah, passion yeah, project. That, yeah, definitely. I, I, I love your, um, uh, your take on Akira. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, it was and, a lot uh, of work. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I love... You know, I love the short form, you know, um, being able to, to make something which is kind of, um, you know, not that long and, and so you can, you know, really put a lot of focus, uh, and work into, into detail. Yeah. Um, is, is something that I, that I love. Um, so you just really kind of make a painting with every frame. You do your best to make a painting. I think that's the trick. Transforming, yeah, yeah. transforming uh, Tomo's incredible work to CGI was just like such a task. So right. we, we know, we knew, Mike and I knew that every frame had to be a specific level. And if it wasn't, it's just like fuck, it wasn't. <laughs> it's like mm. no, and that's why I two. That's why I, like, I think it was like uh, I think it was only like a little over a minute. It took a year to make it. So wow, <laughs> yeah, and, like a year of legitimate like effort too. Like every, all the free time. Um, and just a lot of testing and stuff, but I think you just learn through the journey and, and I agree. I, that's really where I'm putting a lot of my energy now. And my next two films is, is just a lot of work a year, a year or so of work or effort, um, combined yeah. and, and, and condensed down into a, a minute or two or four of experience. Um, right, right. I don't know. There's something about that. I guess I got inspired when uh, my wife and I went out to speak in in Milan, and we went out to uh, uh, to see the the Louvre, or, and that was just insane. And seeing that level of work and the the craftsmanship, and knowing how long it took to make the paintings that I saw or the sculptures that I saw, and knowing that mm -hmm. that exchange, I was going to be able to witness it and see it. 
and I watch it and look at it for, you know, five, 10 minutes or so. But it took them, I imagine, you know, a year or two or more to actually manifest and create it. So it's, there's a weird exchange that happens there. But I think if you could do that in the digital age, it's really crazy, but it's very hard to do because of the cost, <laughs> the level of attention that people have for things. So, yeah. So are you, are you working on, um, Epoch? Mm-hmm. Like a, like a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on the second version now. So I'm super excited. I could share it with you if you want to see it. Oh yeah. The, the latest cut. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to share it with you. Um, and then I'm working on another one called passage, uh, passages with my friend Francois who's out in, Fr- in France and he's amazing. And we're just having a, a great time battling all the technical difficulties of making these things happen, <laughs> creating this, like these, these things that would be nearly impossible, um, to, to do practically, but trying to make them look like they're practical. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But I, I don't know. I, do, I just love this stuff. I love this process. Is there a project that you're really excited that you're building up for or you're working towards um, for this year to close it out or do you have something planned for next year? Um, nothing's really planned for this year. Um, I have something cool planned for next summer. Um can't really say what it is yet. Yeah, I don't can, worry. Yeah, yeah, but it's, uh, <laughs> no, no, well, no, I just, just want to kind of, you know, keep it private for now, but you That's know, great. it's, um, it could be really amazing. Um, yeah. Um, but what I, what I, I was going to say, what I really loved about Epoch is, is, um, uh, if I remember correctly, that very long, um, take of, uh, the approach of the, of the, of the ship, like the, the cross is like a cross shape. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really nice and very kind of very re- reminiscent of 2001. Mm. Um, and those kind of, you know, I, I just love just those lingering shots um, you. where, where, you know, you could just, just gaze at it and it just very slowly evolves. Yeah. Thank you. That was one of, um, so when Chris and I were making the epoch, we were one of the, the worries was how long things were, um, especially now more than ever. But I felt deeply passionate about like who gives a fuck. <laughs> and like, if, 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 if you don't have the attention span for it, that's totally fine. It's just not for you. Um, but if you do, then this is exactly what you want because so much, I call it like sexy space, like space as we see it in television and on movies is like sexy space. But ideally, a realistically ph- uh, photographed space is, is quite barren. Um, yeah. Unless you're like right up on a planet, it's it's very void. Especially if you try to expose for a planet, the your, the, the light that stars put out isn't usually enough to cap be captured. So yeah. um, it's like this fine line. I'm always fighting it because it's like, when you're, when you're interpreting space, there's many different ways you can do it. You could throw lens flares all over it and, and make it this really beautiful thing, which, um, is awesome. But I think with Epoch, we wanted to really remove that and, and slowly evolve it. And I was it's funny. I was just talking about the ship design to a friend of mine, uh, the other day and how 
the ship was always uh, inspired by if you know if you if you're in 3D, you know like the X, Y, and Z. There's a little like a gizmo basically, and so ideally, the idea of this ship was basically you're watching a simulation of space that's beta that's made on a simulation. So it's all a simulation. Like we are in a simulation, you know, and we're watching this kind of this like Noah's Ark vessel um, travel and traverse through the the solar system. And the next one, um, yeah, you'll see. It's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. It's a lot of fun. And Chris isn't. Chris has been busy. So he's not helping me on this. So I'm just uh, we're not working on it together on this one. So I'm just going to do it. Just doing it solo. So it's going to. It's a. It's quite a feat. It's a lot of fun. So it's doing all the. Doing all the shots and and learning all the. <laughs> there's always like roadblocks, you know. So it's like if you're out there capturing a an image and then there's like a bird or a flock of whatever getting in the way, you're like, oh man. So, <laughs> yeah. so to kind of deal with it and roll with it. So, but yeah, I'm really excited. And I, I feel like, um, I'm 35 years old now. I finally getting to this point where I'm able to really express myself creatively and have like sabbaticals and time to really get deeper into what matters, um, to me as a person um, creatively, which is so fun, but yeah. it's taking a long time. It's taking a long time. So <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy. I'm here though. Very thankful. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, it's always evolving. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely like it, it, you know, with me, I definitely, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I feel good about where I am right now, but I, I think, you know, two years down the line, uh, I will be, you know, in a different place. Um, I just have to, you know, I just have to, you know, I'm just very, I'm wary of, um, keeping up a momentum Mm -hmm. and, um, being able to, um, um, make sure that I have time for these, you know, for, um, you know, for these ideas to, um, to come to fruition. Um, you know, even if it's just a week here or a week there, um, just being able to get out and, um, you know, make something. I think it's, I kind of, I still wish I, if I had, you know, I still wish I had more time to do it, but yeah. You know, That's I how still, you know you're living though. If you're constantly saying that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I and I, I do see doing commercial work as as a, a way of learning as well. Yeah, and a way of, smart. Yeah, it's it's you get paid uh, to learn. Yeah, and, and also, you know, I really welcome jobs which are a bit different and um, are a bit more, you know, therefore more of a challenge to me. So, um, uh, doing jobs which are more like portraits or, or you know, um, you know shooting people, um, you know, shooting cars or whatever. It's like, you know, that's, that's a, it's, it's something that's still kind of new. And then I'm really interested in, in, in learning more about those processes. So, um, I I definitely feel like you have to not be comfortable, um, and always be in a position where you're like, Oh, you know, I don't really know enough about that. Let's, Let's, you know, try and, figure that out but at the same time you know be uh be ready to experiment that's awesome 
I love it. And that's great advice for anybody that's listening to this. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. And I'm, I'm super excited and looking forward to, you know, seeing what work you evolve into and massive congratulations on um, all your recent success. And, and thank you also for, you know, making this amazing music I've been listening to for such a long time now. So, and like, yeah, so the work that you see for me is quite possibly influenced by your work. So thank you. <laughs> you know, it's like this oh, per- perfect cycle that we have here. So I really appreciate it. But um, yeah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I appreciate your time today. Yeah, definitely. All right, there we have it, everyone. Big thank yous to Ruben for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. You know where to find the show notes for this week's episode. You go to thecollectedpodcast.com slash 190. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. You know, feel free to reach out if you have a suggestion or a question or, you know, a topic that you want me to cover or something that you want to ask a certain type of person. Um, we'll do our best. You know, this is a, this is just a thing that we love to do. The podcast is a, kind of a hobby, part-time job kind of thing. So we'll do our best. Um, but reach out, communicate with us. Let us know what you're needing, what you're thinking, and um, what's you know, holding you back or what's inspiring you, what's motivating you, all that good stuff. So there you go, everybody. Have an amazing day. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.